Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna. Yo, welcome into the program. Pretty fun weekend coming up for Pats fans, I think, Henry Brady. Raising another banner with the Bucks on Thursday night. Mac Jones versus Tua on Sunday. So I'm pretty pumped up. I'm ready for it. How about you? Yeah, you get to kick things off early Thursday night. I'm sure Patriots fans will be tuned in to Thursday Night Football. Of course. I, for one, just purchased a massive new television for the football season. How big? It's 70 inches. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's not bad. It's, it's bigger than it's mine. big enough. Yeah, it was big enough that I was like getting a little dizzy. Uh, when I first started watching it, I was like, uh-oh, did I get too big of a TV? But, yeah, it's the one-two punch this week of Brady on Thursday night and then arguably the you know the two teams that are jockeying for second place, maybe trying to get uppity and take first place in the AFC East, <laughs> uh, the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots square off in week one, which actually, interestingly, it's a bookend. They take week one and week 18 in their matchup. So it'll be kind of interesting to see just how different the two teams are at the different ends of the season. Yeah, you know, a funny little thing on the TV thing. I have a, I have a little brother, three years younger. So it's me, my brother, my dad. We're always competing over who has the bigger TV. And my dad always wins because, you know, whenever my brother or I buy a TV, my dad has to up it. So my dad had the 65-incher. And he had to he had to up it to an 82. Wow. And, yeah. So he's got an 82. And, and Henry, he, it's in a living room. It doesn't even make sense. Like his couch is too close. Like talk about getting dizzy. Like it's like sitting in the front seat of a movie theater in there. Um, his, it just does not fit his living room, but it's hilarious. And my brother lives in Texas. So when he got the 82 intro, I'm like, what are you doing with your 65? He said, I don't know. I'm like, okay, I'm driving right the second, the hour it takes to get to your house. And I'm getting your TV and bringing it home. So I have 65 inches, but uh, 70. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I'm happy for you. Brady's going to look pretty good against those Cowboys on that 70-inch TV on Thursday night. But uh, for the Pats, it's the start of a new era, right? I mean, it's corny, but that is what it is. The Mac Jones era officially begins. Drew Brees was out there. I read on Patriots Wire, had some very positive commentary on Mac Jones saying that he is the most NFL-ready quarterback from the 2021 draft class. Huge praise when you say Mac Jones, who was drafted fifth in this quarterback draft class, is more prepared than Trevor Lawrence, who was drafted number one. I think that's some interesting commentary. But I actually wanted to ask you, Henry, like maybe people are a little too high on the pads entering week one. And like Stephen A. Smith, right? Everybody's favorite. I was on Twitter scrolling around and first take their Twitter account has the, you know, that ESPN show has a tweet out there with Stephen A.'s top five Super Bowl contenders. It's Bucks, Chiefs, Packers, Rams, Patriots. So... Patriots make Stephen A's top five. Now, my initial reaction is, what the hell is Stephen A smoking? And I want some of that. Uh, but you know, maybe this is an interesting little topic, right? I mean, there's a lot of people out there saying the Patriots do not belong in this discussion. 
what would have to happen this year? Like, is is there a path to the Patriots? Maybe they aren't week one, Henry. I don't know if I agree with Stephen A. there, but maybe eventually during the season they do develop into an actual Super Bowl contender. They actually overtake the Bills in the AFC East. What's the path for the Patriots to become one of those teams? Could that be realistic this year? Yeah, look back at Tom Brady's first season as a starter, and you can see how the Patriots did it in the past. And people will say, oh, well, that was a different era of football where defense could carry a team and blah. Well, it's still possible. And it's, you know, you can see good defenses carry back. I mean, even looking at the 49ers a few years ago making the Super Bowl, it's doable for really good defenses to help a struggling offense, especially a run heavy one, make the Super Bowl. So I think the Patriots have the recipe. These are the the key components, I'd say, for for the 2021 Patriots to make the Super Bowl. Number one, you finish with a top four points allowed defense. So I don't know about yardage. I don't know about maybe, I mean, if they're that high or low, I suppose, in points allowed, they're going to have a good DVOA, which is like an advanced football outsider stat. But the counting stats, you know, the Patriots are, are not usually as concerned. They care a lot about efficiency and they care a lot about points. And there's so much reason to be optimistic about this defense from like returning players like Kyle Van Noy, who spent a year away, new players like Matthew Judon, up and coming players like J.C. Jackson, Josh Uche. Christian Barmore. Uh, I forgot to mention defensive tackle Devon Godshaw. So they have this this upward trajectory that reminds you of past years where defenses were just truly elite. So that's got to be step one. This defense has to be like among the best three in the NFL. I think that's completely within reach. Yep, I feel that. The second step is win early games because that's going to be their most difficult part of the season, in my opinion, to win. Not only do they have a bunch of tough games, including week four against Tom Brady and the Super Bowl winning Bucks, but they also have a rookie quarterback who's still figuring out confidence, who's still figuring out his strengths and weaknesses. And as he figures out that, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick are going to be working around him to make sure that he is both comfortable and successful. It's what the Patriots were doing with Cam Newton last year, where like they were trying to figure out what he could and couldn't do as the season went on, and he got more and more efficient. But I think with a strong supporting cast getting better throughout the season, and Mac Jones also just like on this crazy upward trajectory through training camp, could continue into the regular season, you see not just Mac Jones get better, but Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and even Jacoby Myers, a returner, but a guy who I think is still just kind of getting better considering he was he was a quarterback when he first started in college, uh, a guy who's still learning the receiver position. So you've got five players in the skill group who are all, in my opinion, still they have potential to be way better in week 18 than they will be in week one. So if they win those early games and that, sort of like developmental trajectory continues, I think that's sort of step two is get through the early weeks where it's going to be ugly. And that way, as you start to develop and gain momentum, you're not digging yourself out of a hole. You're kind of like in the middle of the pack. I think that that's kind of like offense, defense, um, 
how each side plays its part in becoming a Super Bowl contender is like defense just has to be itself, which should be elite. Offense has to go from where it is now, which is like a massive work in progress, in my opinion, to something pretty special by week 18. And that wouldn't be so crazy if we hadn't seen Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick do that with their offenses year after year after year. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying I think they'll be in the Super Bowl. I, I'm just saying that's their path. No, you're, you're just giving us a look inside Stephen A. Smith's head, Henry, and that's that's hard to do. So good for you. No, that was good. You, you, <laughs> you just gave us our, the two-step plan for the Patriots to be a Super Bowl contender. You know, I like it, uh, but I think – a lot of people were commenting on that Twitter post being like, no, 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 here's why this is not going to happen. And that's the other side of this coin, right? There are a lot of reasons why the Patriots maybe aren't Super Bowl contenders, and this could be a slow year. And let's get into that here coming up next. But first, Corey Bonini is going to give us fantasy players to target here in week one. We'll be right back. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Fantasy football is finally back. And so am I, Corey Bonini here of TheHuddle.com, returning to give you strong plays each week. Let's jump right into it. Week number one, strong plays. Quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville Jaguars at Houston Texans. The Texans have a new regime in place. They lack talent on the back end, and it's unclear what kind of pass rush you'll have without J.J. Watt. This defense gave up 30 passing touchdowns to quarterbacks last year and picked off only three balls. That is ridiculous. Lawrence makes his debut. He has ample targets, and they're finally returning to health at the right time. The backfield is strong, which will keep the pass defense in check. The offensive line is quality, and Jacksonville will probably look to set the tone and let their rookie quarterback come out slinging. San Francisco running backs at Detroit. Another team with a new coaching staff. That's usually what happens when you give up the fifth most rushing yards and the most receiving yards to the position the previous year. No team gave up offensive touchdowns to running backs at a higher rate relative to the touches than this defense. It may be better, but it will take some time to turn around such a mess. San Francisco has injuries at wide receiver. They also have an excellent duo in Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon in the backfield. Look for the offense to ground and pound all day long. Let's make it three in a row of teams that have poor defenses and new coaching staffs in 2021. The Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Devontae Smith takes on the Atlanta Falcons. The secondary is a soft spot for Atlanta. The coaching staff turnover will improve this defense in time, but it's fair to expect it will take a while. The 2020 version gave up the most yards and third most receptions to wide receivers. Philadelphia's rookie new number one wide receiver Smith has a lot to prove and he is healthy. He's a wide receiver three with plenty of upside in most fantasy formats. If you're really looking to make a gamble in fantasy this week, Kyle Rudolph tight end New York Giants versus the Denver Broncos. A quote from Rudolph says, whatever's needed of me, I'm ready to go. He started practicing August 25th after off-season foot surgery and he has steadily improved according to local reports. Tight end Evan Ingram has an injury of his own and he may not be ready. Wide receiver Kenny Galladay is still iffy. Running back Saquon Barkley is expected to play, but he probably will have a limited workload. Rudolph faces a defense that has improved at cornerback and still has a pretty healthy pass rush, suggesting quarterback Daniel Jones could be forced into a lot of short area passing. That's a space Barkley tends to occupy. This one is absolutely risky, so understand what you're getting into. But there's upside here by way of circumstance for the former Viking. 2021 marks 25 years online for TheHuddle.com. Be sure to check out the site, and we will show you why we've made champions. All right, Henry, so we talked about why the Patriots could be better than 
maybe a lot of people around here expect, why some of the talking heads like Stephen A. are picking them as a Super Bowl contender. You know, my gut reaction is let's pump the brakes, okay? there. I think there are way more question marks around the team entering week one uh, than not. And number one is Mac Jones, while I'm excited about the new era, I'm excited that we have the next quarterback, we have an actual quarterback plan, unlike last year. Mac Jones is still a 23-year-old rookie quarterback who is about to make his first career start, right? So I don't, I hear you, Drew Brees. I love you. I'm glad you're out there saying that he's you know more NFL-ready than Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. I love to hear that, Drew Brees. You're my guy. But let's pump the brakes here on Mac Jones. He was the fifth quarterback drafted in this draft. Uh, maybe he was the steal, but it's too early to know for sure. I mean, it was the preseason for crying out loud. Now, Mac's weapons have mostly been pieced together, Henry, right, through free agency and the draft, right? A lot of guys who still have a lot to prove. Uh, I'm looking at you, Hunter Henry, right? Uh, you mentioned J.C. Jackson on the defense, who I love, but this is our number one corner, and he's Belichick's most recent undrafted free agent who he turned into a, you know, a, a top-end starter. I love J.C. Jackson, but again, he's our number one corner. Is that is that something we should feel super comfortable with? With Stephon Gilmore out the first six weeks, and then who knows? I don't know. And then let's not forget that we have a rookie kicker who could easily lose his marbles on that field on Sunday. We don't know what's coming with Quinn Nordine at all. So I think I think the Patriots are definitely better than last year. No doubt about it. I think they're more interesting. But as a fan and I am a a Patriots honk, you know, you know that I'm pumping the brakes. You know, I am not going to let my expectations go to the moon. And just get let down. I, I'm just not going to do it. I am taking. I'm slow and steady, Henry. And, and I don't. I don't think the Patriots are a Super Bowl team this year. I think they're a fringe playoff team at best. And I just think. Let's be realistic. Let's be honest. Let's not put them on our short list of Super Bowl contenders yet. Over the Bills. That's where I'm at. So I may or may not have conveniently glossed over the fact that we were going to the Patriots <laughs> were going to be starting a rookie kicker. You forgot about uh, that, didn't you? <laughs> it's a little scary. I didn't, make, I didn't really forget about it, but I was just trying to be optimistic. Uh, yeah, I think that, like you said, there are reasons for pessimism. I was talking a lot about development. I was talking about elite defense. Those are two points that could just not come to fruition. Like the Patriots added these guys, uh, Devon Godshaw and Judon in particular, who are supposed to galvanize the defense. But, you know, Judon, I have a hard time imagining a scenario where he doesn't, to be honest. But uh, Godshaw is a guy that maybe is a little more uncertain about how big of an impact he can have just from what we've seen in, in preseason and training camp. The other big question mark that, you know, I, I actually think it's this is going to be okay, ultimately, but uh, I forgot to mention in, in the more optimistic segment that we did <laughs> is Stefan Gilmore. Yes. He's on the pup list. He told Josina Anderson this offseason that he could be ready for training camp if he needed to be. Well, he wasn't ready for week one of the season. What's going on here? Is it that he's actually not healthy or is he holding in, quote unquote? The latter. Meaning, <laughs> right. And it's certainly possible. And if, if things are maybe not even contentious, but like not workable, like he may be happy. He, be, he may not be angry at the organization, but he may also be discontent enough that he's just not going to work. And if this is sort of like a strike of sorts where he gets paid, but isn't playing that's a problem for the Patriots they're without him for the first six games at the very least and they could be without him for longer the pup list has some wiggle room where he could stay on the pup list for for more games so 
what if Gilmore is gone for longer than people anticipate? What if that back end of the of the defense, led by J.C. Jackson and Jalen Mills, of all people, uh, looks porous? That could be a big problem. Jalen Mills is going to get a lot of targets in the first few weeks, and I don't think it's going to go well for him or Bill <laughs> it's Belichick. a little uncomfortable, yes. Or, yeah, it's going to go well for the offense that's targeting him. So um, you've got these these problems that that look like including Matt Jones's development, including all these new skill players who, who clearly haven't quite clicked with the offense yet. These look like four to six week problems. The problem with having those, that projection is that we don't know that it will actually be resolved in the first half of the season. It could very easily take the Patriots more than half the season. It could take them the whole season to get the offense clicking and, you know, because these players are on multi-year deals, including Aguilar, Bourne, Henry, Smith, it's okay for that offense to not click until next year, basically. I mean, Belichick would never, ever admit that, and that's not what he's striving for. But if this offense doesn't start to show signs of life until the end of the year and it's too little too late, they're not going to make the playoffs. At least it ends on an optimistic note where people are like, all right, well, maybe they'll be okay next year. And that's kind of what a rookie quarterback is supposed to do. His first season, maybe not ready to get them to the playoffs. Second season is really when the expectations start to ramp up. So I could see a scenario where the, the, the timeline and the trajectory for this team gets behind schedule and ultimately they're not really even a playoff team, let alone a Super Bowl team. Well, there it is right there. The case for and against the Patriots making the Super Bowl in 2021. I love it. Uh, Coming up next, our friends at the Sportsbook Wire are going to give us their sports betting play of the week. And then Henry and I will be right back to look at the spread and the total and pick a side. We'll do that coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, joined by my colleague Jeff Clark. Monday Night Football Week 1 features the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Fans finally in attendance at the Death Star. I think that's enough to push the Raiders toward a cover at plus four and a half points. I don't think they went out right, but I think they stay maybe within a field goal here. Jeff, you agree with me or should people be back in the Ravens? I agree with you. And most importantly, I'm pretty sure the house agrees with you and we should be on the same side as the house because that's who wins. We're seeing some reverse line movement in the betting market with nearly 70% of the money and the public backing the Ravens. But the line has came down from Baltimore laying six and a half on the opener to four and a half. There's still a little bit of value left at the Raiders at four and a half because the Ravens have several skill position players that are going to be sidelined, including first round draft pick wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Uh, J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill in the backfield, and second tight end Nick Boyle is doubtful. So I'm going to take the Raiders at plus four and a half, and they're, well, finally in front of their new home crowd. All right, Henry, pulling up the Tipico Sportsbook app. The Patriots are uh, three and a half point favorites at home against the Dolphins here in week one. And uh, I got to tell you, the hook on this line gives me a little bit of pause, right? The hook being that, that half a point. 
I would be way more comfortable betting the Patriots at minus three because I do think they have a good chance to win this one. And you at least push if they win it by a field goal, which could happen. Maybe Quinn Nordine gets a chance to uh, prove Belichick right. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. But there are just a lot of variables for me when I'm like picking this game. You got the rookie quarterback, which we talked about with Mac Jones starting his first game. All the new pieces, the rookie kicker. You got Brian Flores over there in Miami. His knowledge of the Patriots and what they do. And I feel like I, th- I think this is going to be a close, one of those close quintessential AFC East division kind of games. I think it could easily be a field goal kind of game. If I'm picking a side, I actually think I lean Miami's way because of that half point, that three and a half. But what do you think? What's your gut instinct? Yeah, so I am of the mind that you hold off betting on this game because of basically all the reasons you mentioned. You don't (laughs) want to deal with a rookie kicker. You don't want to deal with a rookie quarterback. The possibility that Miami comes out firing is much higher than the Patriots coming out firing. But you do have the home field advantage. You do have Belichick, who's just like the king of beating the spread. And I guess you could argue, actually, that Tom Brady is the king of beating the spread. Sure. (laughs) Yes. Um, If arm twisted into making a decision here, I think I would take the Patriots. But I don't really – I wouldn't bet this game because it's too big of a gamble. I know that's the whole point of gambling. But if you want something that's like a sharp bet, I think this would be more like I'm a Patriots fan. Uh, and I want to bet on the game. So you're probably going to bet on the Patriots anyway. Um, so that that's probably the way that I would go if, if I were a fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking for a sharp bet. I'm looking for a one-unit, small, little, tiny, teeny-tiny little bet. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm afraid. I just think I think the Patriots could easily win the ball game. I just think it could be a lot closer, and I don't know. I don't, I don't see us being like a 10-point spread like we saw last year. It's just... It's just a tough one, but 43 and a half is the total. It's one of the lower numbers on the board. Like I said, last year it was 21-11 in the first one and then 22-12 to 12 in the second one. Uh, so if it goes that way again this year, then the under is going to hit. Uh, but I actually think this is so low, Henry, that I actually think we should think about the over, right? I, I think the Patriots improved quite a bit on offense. Obviously, I think they're going to get better quarterback play, Mac Jones, and Josh McDaniels have been in lockstep all preseason, as we've seen on some of those videos. Of you, as you've been telling us about practice, they've just been in each other's pocket. And Mac won that job. I think he fits the Patriots' offense, obviously, better than Cam. And you know, they've added all those weapons, the tight ends, the receivers. Even on the other side of the ball, Miami, they added Jalen Waddle. They've got Tua in his second year. Should be better than last year. And he's got something to prove. I keep hearing about Deshaun Watson, these rumors that Miami's interested in him. So... Who knows if that's true, but I think Tua's got something to prove here in his second year. I think both teams are going to be a little bit better offensively than they were last year. So there's no reason to think that this game could not end in the low 20s for both teams, right? Like, I don't know, 22 to 24, something like that. I expect something close and weird like that kind of score. I think I would lean over on this one. This line's pretty low at 43 and a half. What do you think? I'm with you there. I would not be, like I said, if if, I, if you're feeling like you don't want to bet on who wins or who covers, uh, then go over on this bet. You always want to bet over because it's more fun to root for scoring anyway, but I think it's also a safer bet. Dolphins, I bet, are going to come out running the ball because that's the way that the Patriots were getting beat last year, and the Dolphins are going to be like, you know what, we'll just test you and see if you've gotten any better at doing that, at defending the run. Um, Patriots put a bunch of money into it, but that doesn't necessarily mean 
Celtics are going to be better. So that'll, that'll be how it starts. But I think ultimately Tua and Parker and Waddle are going to start targeting the corners and we'll just, we'll see how weak that secondary is. And I think it, it might prove pretty weak. I think Jalen Mills is going to get beat. Similarly, Patriots attacking the Dolphins' defense. I think they ran into some money problems, and it looks thinner and less talented than last year. Looks like the Patriots, so, uh, Patriots South over there, landed Roberts and Jason McCourty. Come on. Yeah, like you just don't – like that. that's not – yeah. Jason McCourty's playing sort of like a free safety – Role Eric Rose playing safety. Yes, Eric Rose too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones are very dangerous cornerbacks, so it's not to be uh, put lightly that they have those players, but it looks weak at a number of other positions. I could see Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson just having themselves a really great time running around that defense. Sure. Uh, and then that'll set up a nice play-action game for Mac Jones, uh, Jacoby Myers, and the tight ends a good possession game that is sort of high efficiency for both offenses and plenty of scoring. I definitely feel it's a game for the tight ends, right? We haven't seen a ton of them this preseason. We've been a little annoyed with Hunter Henry being banged up and haven't seen a lot of Johnny Smith, but this does feel like, I mean, if, if we get like Johnny Smith on a landed Roberts out there, like, give me a break. Like, can we, let's, let's throw him the ball and prosper. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I do like that. Definitely a good matchup for, uh, for the tight ends for sure. Let's keep an eye on that. Uh, Henry, Thursday night, you like Brady and the Bucks? It's blowout city. What do you think? Yeah, can you remind me what's the line on that? Yeah, it's uh, Bucks seven and a half, but it's been climbing. I, that's a tricky game, right? Um, a little bit, yeah. You know, yeah, it definitely is because the Cowboys can score points if they can protect right. Dak Prescott and if Dak is 100% right mentally. I think he's fine physically, but is he right 100% mentally coming off that ankle last year? I don't know. Yeah, so take Brady and the Bucks there because – you know, if, if you're a Boston fan and you're listening to this, you just think back to Gordon Hayward. You and I have talked about this, actually, uh, about that, about Dak Prescott and the Gordon Hayward injury. Like, even if you think about ACL injuries, and, and they're all different, like every player's body is different, every injury is different, even if they are the exact same quote-unquote injury, exact quote-unquote exact same injury. But I think Dak does not have as hot a start as everyone's expecting he hasn't played a lot of contact football even in the preseason or in training camp his legs are going to be a little bit uncertain his footwork will be a little bit bad his throwing in turn will not be as accurate and sharp as it should be no matter how good this skill group is and it is really really good i don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the box offense it's going to be a slower start than it should be and and the box are going to put up some nice points Absolutely. And, and you know this is a big deal, too. I'm with you, Henry, actually. I'm, I'm on the Bucks. Surprise, surprise. I'm backing Brady in this one. Can you, can you believe it? Uh, but still, I mean, you know that it's a big deal. The Zach Martin COVID thing. The Zach Martin, the uh, arguably the Cowboys' best player, but he's definitely their best offensive lineman. Uh, him being out because of being, you know, testing positive for COVID. That was the lead story on like ESPN's Get Up show this morning. They were talking about the uh, Cowboys' offensive lineman. I'm like, oh boy, you know, it's a big story when they're talking offensive lineman to start the show to lead it off on a Wednesday morning. So yeah, I mean, how are you going to block Vita Vea? How are you going to deal with JPP and Shaq Barrett coming off the edge? And, oh, by the way, Joe Tryon, the, uh, the rookie they drafted in the first round, has looked pretty good in the preseason, and people haven't been able to block him either. And you got Dak coming off the injuries, a little, a little messed up mentally maybe, not quite all the way there, got to shake off some rust, definitely. We saw that with Brady coming off his ACL, I think, a little bit. He's a little bit slow to start that year. I just think 
it's setting up to be a slow start for the Cowboys and a big win for the Bucks. So I'm, I'm on the Bucks side. Surprise, surprise. You know, everybody's stunned by that, especially you, Henry, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But, hey, man, it's just, it's just good to be back talking football, talking regular season football. For Henry McKenna, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Looking forward to the games. Everybody enjoy it. Pat's Dolphins will be back next week to break it all down. Henry, you want to say bye to the people? Guys, gals, enjoy football this weekend. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.